What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Well, I don't know. Everyone has a podcast now. Well, not really. What is true is that, according to Nielsen Statistics, 55% of the U.S. population, that's over 155 million people, have listened to a podcast, and 24% of the population, that's 68 million people, listen to podcasts weekly. And these numbers continue to trend upward. What's also true is that over 75% of all podcasts fade away after the first few episodes. It could be for a variety of reasons, lack of strong concept, poor production value, people not realizing how much time needs to be dedicated to it, or simply just not knowing how to get the word out about podcasts. That's where WeKnowPodcasting.com comes in. At WeKnowPodcasting.com, we have a combined 25 years of podcast experience, and we can help you achieve your podcasting goals. Whether you need help starting a new podcast or want to take your currently active podcast to the next level, we got you. From consultations to concept development, from theme music to editing, promotion, animation, graphics, you name it and we're here to help. Don't become another failed podcast statistic. Let us guide you and help your show become a success. Check out the website at WeKnowPodcasting.com and even if you're on the fence, don't hesitate to reach out. We're friendly guys, we're passionate about pods, and we're here to help. Hey, Dylan. Hey, Matt. 
So, Musical Month is continuing, and um, it turns out that it's really difficult to come up with a variety of different formats <laughs> of musical, but there was a TV show that ran on the CW called yes. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that was all musicals, and I thought, oh, we could do the Christmas episode of that. Yeah, there's there are plenty of Christmas musical-related things, but... They're almost things that I want to save for when we get closer oh. to the actual season in terms of we t- we've always talked about Scrooge. There's another South Park Christmas musical episode that I want to yeah. talk about as we get closer. As we do musical month of August, we have to be careful because we don't want to, not that we don't love the month of August, but we don't want to, I hate to use the term waste, but but we don't want to use a topic that we want to approach as we get closer to the season in the month of August when it is still 90-something degrees outside. Even though, as of today, we're recording this on August 18th. Pumpkin's back at Dunkin', baby. Yeah, it is. All right. So, what we ended up picking was crazy... Well, what I ended up picking was Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Season 1, Episode 8, My Mom, Greg's Mom, and Joshua's Sweet Dance Moves. Dylan, what is your experience with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, or is this the only time you've ever watched it? Uh, This is the only time I've ever watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I've heard of it, and when I found out it was on the CW after I was in the middle of watching it, maybe I got five minutes into it, and I was like, yep, this is a CW show. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So Um, I, I think I texted you probably five minutes into it, and based on this and the show that you had us cover before that was 30 rock but not 30 rock i believe i said that you had the television taste of a married middle-aged white woman so accurate but still hurtful no i mean my my television taste is i'll put on anything you you really really will like i thought i was always like open to watching pretty much anything but you are, and I, I appreciate you for that, Matt. <laughs> so Crazy Ex-Girlfriend came heavily recommended to me for a long time. The point that made me officially want to watch it was actually doing my podcast, One Hit Thunder. Uh, yeah. We did an episode on Fountains of Wayne, and we were talking about all the different stuff that Adam Schlesinger did outside of that band. And one of those was that he was the main songwriter for every episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. There are problems with this show, for sure. I don't yeah. think the songs are usually the problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, if anything, the songs were probably the best part. Yeah, and there was only two in this episode. Yeah. Let me give you a quick overview of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Not that I'm trying to convince you to watch the show, but I think that Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a brilliant mini-series that someone decided to stretch out over four seasons. Okay. There are four different seasons of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. All four seasons, there's a brand new theme song for every season. Okay. And the reason for that is that the definition of crazy in the title changes season to season, right? So this first season, you've got Rachel Bloom's character who hops on a plane and decides to move from New York to California to be in the same city as the guy that she dated for a week in musical camp when she was in junior high. Yeah, that would be, what is his name? Josh Josh Chan. Josh Josh Chan. Chan. So that is the actions of a crazy person. Yeah. Season two, Josh and her actually start dating. And then the crazy becomes more of like 
crazy in love. Like the theme song is all about how happy she is. She's crazy in love. They break okay. up and season three, the theme song is actually a parody of uh, Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood at that point because oh, she's crazy for vengeance. Like she's okay. doing everything to destroy his life. But then where the show actually is brilliant is season four. End of season three, beginning of season four is where the character is diagnosed with a manic depressive social disorder. And the show really becomes this powerful story about like realizing that there's something chemically wrong with your brain. And it goes through that whole journey. There's a really catchy song. It's inspired by the opening song from La La Land. Okay. But the songs are called Antidepressants Are So Not a Big Deal. And it's like an anthem about like, yo, everybody should be on antidepressants. Like everybody has these things. And like we've really like stigmatized to have to see a therapist and we totally shouldn't. And that's that fourth season. 100%. Yeah, that fourth season, I love. And I will rewatch some episodes from that fourth season. I also think that a lot of the best songs are from that fourth season. Season one was real tough to get through. Yeah, honestly, what you just described sounds a thousand times better than what you had me watch. No, for sure. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like, if this was a 10-episode series, I'd yeah. be like, yo, watch it. But the fact that it's like 60 episodes and I only think that about 15 of them are any good, hard, yeah. very like hard to recommend to people. But... Watching this episode again, I was reminded of all the reasons why I had a tough time watching the first season. But there are some things that I think are funny. I will say right out the gate that Heather is the star of this show as far as I'm concerned, which is, you know, the very monotone, um, almost like Aubrey Plaza type character. Uh, She never changes that personality the entire show. Yeah, I actually made a note that Heather is the only likable character pretty much of the main group. So here's a great joke that plays out in the fourth season. So the character of Greg, right? Greg left the show in season two. And when Greg was first introduced, it was kind of this concept of like, she's moving here for Josh Chen, but she's supposed to be with Greg. Like that was like the way that written and the actor playing Greg just decided to leave. So he quits the show. They write the character off. Well, season four, they're like, let's reintroduce Greg and start this will they, won't they thing. There's a scene where she's talking about the different guys that she dated. And every one of the female characters is like, well, you know, you're supposed to be with Greg. And she's like, no, the only way I could ever date Greg is if he was a completely different person. And Skylar Austin comes in and plays Greg for the whole four season. Oh, now that's yeah, fun. Like, I think I could appreciate like, that. But again, it's like there's so much good in season four, but I don't know if it's worth the first three seasons to get there. Dude, I don't... There's honestly, like, after watching this episode, there's no part of me that wants to watch this and, show. And I don't I, think I you would. I love your idea. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love the the what's it what it gets into in season four, but if I have to suffer through like multiple seasons of what I experienced last night, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> now, I, like this, I, I that sounded really harsh. That sounds really harsh. This show is not an abomination, but what I'm saying is like there is nothing about this show that I found appealing. No. And rewatching the episode, I felt the same way. My notes of the stuff that I like, there's a couple good quotes in here. 
But really, the the biggest thing for me is that I did add California Christmas Time to my Christmas playlist because I was like, all right, that song actually is kind of rips. The closing song, and I even wrote down the lyric. The closing song. Yeah, I wrote down the lyric, California Christmas Time, we're just hanging out, listening to Sublime, and all of our other reggae bands are white. (laughs) I've I've never identified with a Christmas song line as much as I identified with that. For anyone that knows me, I have like a real... Uh, interest in white reggae bands, except for 311. I can't stand 311. Huge UB40 <laughs> fan on this call. <laughs> I love UB40. Like, just going through it, I've got IMDb pulled up because at, at one point I couldn't remember anyone's names. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. The whole storyline about Rebecca trying to impress her mom, like, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I get that some people deal with that, but it just felt so over the top that at one point, like, you would not be acting this horrible of a person to just to impress your mother. Like, telling someone that they have to sleep with your mom. Yeah for a fucking ring like that it it, it didn't make it's, any sense it's and I, very... I even told you i was like rachel bloom is like uh, uh, just and i don't know much about her in other things but like as rebecca bunch i'm like this character is obnoxious so i will tell you the this much about um rachel bloom so she got her start as like a youtube musical comedian her big like viral hit was fuck me ray bradbury which was a song about how she'd be willing to give it up to ray bradbury same but the show she created the show she wrote the show and what rebecca the character ultimately has in season four is something that she has she has like a multi multiple personality disorder so it definitely pulls from a very real place but i think she goes almost too far in making the character. I get what her point is because there's a song in the first season that's called 
oh my God, I'm the villain of my story. And it's like a song about realizing like, oh, I'm the problem, right? But the hard ask there is that's like episode 12 or 13. So you go through like 12 or 13 episodes where you're like, am I supposed to be like rooting for this character? Because they're not likable. Like, And that's the thing. It's like what I do recommend if if I recommend only one thing to you, oh god, go go. go on Netflix and go to season okay. four and go to the very last episode, the very last episode of the show. It's literally just them performing all of the most popular songs in front of a live audience, like out okay. of character. It's just the actors putting on like an hour long well, stage show. Fun. Like what you're describing to me sounds I, awesome. I would love for someone to take four seasons of crazy ex-girlfriend and consolidate it into a two hour stage show that like moves the plot along. And I think you'd have a great, like a great musical, but as far as four seasons of it, not so great. Were there any quotes that you wrote down that actually made you chuckle? I I agree with you that the, the bunch, the bunch mother storyline is like the Alec Baldwin's mother, but way too far in like different yeah. directions type thing. The only line that I wrote down tied to that plot line that I thought was funny was the flashback where she's like, you know, the principal says that he thinks that you're the prettiest mom in my grade. And the mom just goes, just in your grade. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> no, I mean, there's nothing that like stuck out to me. Uh, quote wise i don't know dude i i i feel like i'm i'm giving this the holliston treatment but no no <laughs> like, totally this just isn't for no, me to- man. no because but, the difference is that i have no passion or attachment to this show the way that you did with holliston yeah i will say the the greg stuff that was annoying as well i like, like that his parents are perfect and that he's totally yeah, the asshole yeah like, i'm like god this dude's such a dick and i'm so that there you go that's the quote that i'll pull out um eventually when his little brother i think his name was tim or something like looks at him and just goes you're being a dick (laughs) (laughs) and greg just looks at him and is like all right that was actually pretty called for like i I am i love heather throughout that entire scene because she's like I like that her expectations like, oh, I'm going to see like this crazy dysfunctional family. Yeah. And then like she shows up and she's like, this family rules. This guy sucks. Yeah. And, she has, and he does, man. She has the one he line. The, the two lines I wrote down from her because she has two really good lines in that scene. The one is when they bring her a drink and she just goes, baby bartender's cool. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then the other line I wrote is... In the middle of him and his mom having a big fight, she just shows up and goes, I know it's early, but can I get a plate to go? (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. I do remember that. Her character, her character makes the show digestible to me. Like, I would have given up the show without her character. Dude, I don't think, I don't think you could have. Yeah. Tell me, tell me something about Josh, man. Because I feel like, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or what, but I feel like we get Josh at the mall he runs into that kid who's doing like the dance thing. The kid's like, "Oh, like like obviously the kid knows who Josh is. Apparently Josh was like kind of well known as a dancer or or something." So and he's like, "Come on out." And Josh is like, "I can't. I've got to work." And then Josh shows up and the kid fakes an injury so Josh can dance. I don't know if I like just wasn't paying attention no, I mean, or that's... what. I feel like I missed something. So Josh the character is kind of an idiot, 
right? Okay. But he's like, I a, could see that. But he's like a good, like he's got probably the purest heart out of anybody on the show. Like he just wants good things to happen to people. Yeah. But like he's just, he just walks through life very oblivious. Like, blinders on to bad things, only good things or whatever. So this episode, like, he's complaining about, like, being an adult at Christmas time because he can't, like, do all the cool things that all the kids are doing or whatever. Yeah, but, like, the you only, totally can. The piece where the kid bumped into him is that the storyline is that when Josh was at the high school, because he's always lived in this town, when he went to that high school, he started the school dance crew that this kid is now on. Like, years after the fact, the crew is still going. And I think yeah, the idea okay. is that the kid more so was like, not like, I'm going to fake this injury. Like he saw that this guy was in a bad place and was yeah. like, I know the joy of dance, like what the joy of dance brings to me. So like as a Christmas gift, I'm going to let this guy like relive something that brought him joy. Pretty sure. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure that it does like lead into a subplot of him, like becoming the coach for the dance crew Oh, in like later fun. episodes. I th- I feel like the answer is no on this, but I did write down did you cry? No. Yeah. Maybe like I I I didn't cry, but there were points where I was like specifically towards the end where I feel like we were supposed to get to a point where Rebecca kind of stood up to her mother. Yeah. a little bit and then she's like you're coming home from Passover for Passover, right? And Rebecca's like no, I'm not coming home for Passover. And then her mother starts tearing up and she's like, okay, I'm coming home for Passover. And I'm like, what the fuck did we just watch 40 minutes of this for? The only part, and I wouldn't say I cried, not like another TV show that we're going to talk about uh, in in two weeks. Oh my God, dude. But uh, there, there is a point where the mom's giving a speech and, you know, she says like, you think I hate you? Like, I love you so much that it puts me through pain and worry all of the time. And it's like that line got to me a little bit because I'm like, because I think about like my own parent stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like I sometimes, not that I think my parents hate me, but like there's those points where it's like, I don't think that they believe in my abilities to do what I'm doing with like the podcasting stuff. But then it's like, no, they just love me so much that they don't want me to have to like struggle to make money. Like they want it to which, just be easy. Which I totally get, but it's unearned in this episode. Yeah, and it's and and it, especially like the way she's acting isn't from love. A caring for her daughter's no, standpoint. It's, she it's wants status. to fuck the guy. Yeah. Like that what does that have to do with wanting your daughter to be successful? Yeah, no, it's like, mostly a status thing above all else for her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And I think we've seen other shows and movies do that plot before. And do it better. Better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. But you know, we, I, I think this was the only Christmas episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, so there's no reason to ever have to <laughs> to rope you into another one. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't hate it, but like just watch. But you it, don't um, love it. That's for I sure. I don't love it, dude. That was so. Yeah, I, I'll watch um, Emmett Otter before I watch Crazy yes! Ex-Girlfriend. My yes! goal, <laughs> my my campaign to make you not say that Emmett Otter is the worst thing we've ever talked about. <laughs> Uh, has finally been a success, everybody. I can everybody. almost guarantee, between the two of us, we can come up with things way worse than Emmett Otter. Oh, for sure, because I don't think <laughs> Emmett Otter's bad. Uh, but anyway, 
Hey, Dylan. Yeah. Happy California Christmas. Oh, God. Happy California Christmas, Matt. Oh, whoa. listening to the Geekscape Network. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.